Rogers scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Gone for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Packer fans, what's going on? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy Podcast, presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor, and I am joined with Tyler tonight, Um, and you can find him on Twitter at Tyler Kurth. Scott is not with us because I'm pretty sure he turned this game off and went to bed like we probably should have. Um, just an awful game. It's actually still going on as we're recording this. The, we never do this. Um, <laughs> when we're recording, we always wait till after the game. But this one, honestly, we just want to get to bed and it was a terrible, terrible game and want to get past it. So the Packers, I assume, are going to lose 37-8. to eight. And it was just a terrible one. So, Tyler, let, I'm not even going to ask you how you're doing because I know how you're doing. Let's just start our rant session about this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank the Lord. I, you don't want to hear about my ranting I did tonight. It was, it was not good. And I apologize in advance for you listeners because now I get to take it out on you guys. So... <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know where to start. I guess I'm just going to start when we backed up to the preview podcast. My key to the game was Aaron Rodgers. And, I mean, he put together by far his worst career game ever. It almost has to be. I mean, 20 of 33, 104 yards, had a touchdown. And you look at that and you're like, oh, Rodgers didn't play well. All right, well, let's look at the factors on why Rodgers did not play well. For one, he did not have time to throw the ball at all. Sacked five times, but it seemed like he was hurried or pressured on just about every single passing down. I know a lot of people will look at Alex Light, put a blame on him. He struggled, obviously, uh, going in for Brian Balaga, who went out in the first quarter and did not return. Yeah, he didn't play good, but neither did anybody else, really. I mean, Corey Lindsley was getting eaten alive, especially in that first quarter, and Jenkins right next to him. Bakhtiari, I think he did okay, but he got flagged for at least one hold, from what I can recall. Um, but there was just which was an, absolute garbage. Yeah, that hold <laughs> call was terrible. There, there was a lot of questionable calls in this game. Uh, they mainly went against the Packers early on in the game, and then they kind of switched. I think the refs felt bad that this is a Sunday night football game when we're getting whooped. So there was a, a weird pass interference call at the end of the game. But uh, anyway, back to my point. I mean, just there was no push from the line, and I think part of that relates to the fact that at least when Aaron Rodgers was in the game we didn't run the ball on consecutive plays the entire time it was either run then right to play action or pass and it never got established so when that 
offensive line is constantly having to back up and backpedal. I mean, it's hard for them to kind of feel confident about going these going against these quick athletic guys who are super fast, super strong, and clearly had the upper hand today. Um, and then, we, I mean, that's what we talked about, if this defense was for real or not. And, yeah, the secondary held up for the 49ers, and no passing game results in – or no rushing game, excuse me, results in no passing game and uh, basically career duds from just about everyone. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was just terrible. I would never have thought Rodgers had a stat line like that. 3.2 yards per attempt is just absolutely terrible. Um, I can't believe it. I mean, like Tyler said, there's a lot of factors that go into that. Um, early, Gmo couldn't catch a damn pass. I mean, I guess he had did have three receptions for four targets, so he only dropped the one, but that was a big play early in the game um, that he dropped. And then it just – it didn't feel like anything could go right. You know, I talked about it on the preview pod that this run defense isn't very good for San Francisco. And, wow, did they show me up on that one. They looked pretty good. That defensive front is really good. And I did state that, that they're pretty good – if they, if the running back just gets to the line of scrimmage, they're going to stop them. But we weren't able to break into that second level at all, and that's where I think we would have saw a lot of success. But we weren't able to get Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams to that point. Um, about the only big play that we saw running the football was um, Alan Lazard's end around, which was great. He had 21 yards on that play. It was pretty early in the game. Um, and then Devante's wasn't technically a rush. It was a pass, which I think is bullshit. But um, that was Aaron Rodgers' one passing touchdown on an end around. And that was about – it felt like that was the only way we could move the football outside of in the second half getting – like Tyler said, early on the penalties were definitely not in the Packers' favor. But moving into the second half, we saw some more that were in the Packers' favor. And it felt like if it wasn't that – there was no way we were going to be able to move the ball. Um, you know, not being able to convert a third down, 0, and thir- 0 for 13 is terrible. And then you add on your 1 for 3, and actually they just just got a first down on third and 9 late in the fourth, you know, 50 seconds left in the fourth quarter. But it's just terrible, terrible not showing up again on a California trip and – I, I just can't explain it. I don't know what's happening that they can't they can't figure it out. Um, I know you guys mentioned coming off the bye that they might come out a little slow. I just I couldn't see it happening. I thought this team was better coached. I thought this team had more veteran leaders that were like gonna make sure that they were gonna come out, play hard, and really have a nice solid game plan that was gonna get them a big lead early or at least somewhat of a lead early. And that just did not happen at all in this one. Um, Tyler, I guess we kind of did a general overview to start. So let's dive into some of the players that were maybe a bright spot um, or 
did not show up at all. Kind of, who do you want to talk about first? <laughs> oh, gosh. I want to back up to Gmo here first because you mentioned him, especially dropping passes early, and it felt like he was on the field a ton tonight. So I went back and looked at the percentage of offensive snaps he's played the last couple weeks uh, against Carolina, 63% against the Chargers, 64%, Kansas City, 63 So he was constantly around the low 60s. I'll be curious to see when the stats get put in what he was at tonight because it felt like it was closer to 80%, um, which is just bizarre. He he has logged that many snaps, at least percentage-wise, especially earlier in the season, but not of, not of late. So it's kind of weird to see that coming out of the bye. I think, I think early in the game it seemed like that, and that's part of the reason why it seems so high because you just did your self-scout, and it was talked about all week, and – figuring that would help you put guys out on the field in the right situations and they did not do that at all with Gmo and I if he can't catch the ball consistently and then all you're doing outside of that is getting him bubble screens or short plays that he has to make people miss that's just not going to happen I just don't understand how or why that is happening but later on in the game I did feel like I didn't see him out there quite as much um, but you can keep going, Tyler. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll post that uh, when we get his percentage snaps uh, logged in here. Uh, you asked me to look for a bright spot, and I'm, like, off the top of my head, I don't know, can I think of anything? No. <laughs> so I'm going to continue on the negatives because uh, there really isn't any bright spots in this game. Um <sighs> Going back to negatives, I'm going to back up to LaFleur's play calling on fourth down. Obviously, we picked one up the third attempt, finally, of the game. But that first fourth down that we attempted, we Rodgers burned a timeout for. We were just over the 50-yard line in the first half, I believe. And then we come out of shotgun and just hand it off to Aaron Jones, and he gets absolutely stuffed. And I just don't understand. We talked about this the last time we went for it on fourth and goal leaves against the Panthers where we came out a single back and got stuffed with Aaron Jones like why such the simple play designs on fourth down you gotta you have this big arsenal and of plays and lots of motions you can do I just I don't understand what LaFleur's thinking in those situations yeah me either and at this point I think I think the Packers has hit on the Matt LaFleur head coach signing, right? I just, I was promised a lot of very special, unique plays, and we just haven't seen it. And at this point, you can't say you're saving the playbook anymore. You have to go out and use those plays at this point. Now, in the second half, maybe you don't to this game because you're already getting blown out. But, like, on that play, why aren't you doing something? Even if you're going to run the ball, why don't you do a pitch to Aaron Jones or get some jet motion that, and then have him run the opposite way of the jet motion just to get some, like get the line moving one way, um, the defensive line to try to help out your running back instead of just running him in the back of your guards and hoping that they can get a push. Yeah, Billy Turner is a big human being and Elton Jenkins has been very good this year, but I I just feel like you need to help your team out by getting some of those unique play calls that we were promised. Um, and I'm just not impressed with that 
situational play calling. Overall, I like what he's doing offensively for the most part. I still feel like there could and should be more of those plays. Um, Like just watching George Kittle get free on tight end leak plays, I think that one play that he had, I don't think the Niners would give up on that. Like he did run a good route, but Kevin King got turned around and that was terrible. But there just needs to be some plays that – set up this offense for easy two, three, four, five-yard completions or conversions on in those situations, and I can't believe we haven't seen them yet. Um, and that's just really frustrating. I do want to point out kind of the one positive that we had at this point in the game, um, and it wasn't consistent throughout the whole game. I noticed it more early on in the first half, and that was our pass rush. It felt like they did a decent job. Um, Zadarius had a sack and a half. Preston had a half a sack. Uh, Blake Martinez had a sack. So that was our three sacks there. Um, But there was some more times getting hits on the quarterback. I mean, Zadarius had three hits. Preston had one. Kyler Fackrell had one. Blake Martinez had one. So there we did get some pressure on him. It just felt like like it normally is. It's kind of like in the third and long, and then you get him off the field, but you're not really getting pressure consistently enough, I feel like, is something that we need to work more on, getting pressure on, you know, second down, making him force throws or just having to get the ball away on a check down or something. We just haven't seen that. Um like Aaron Rodgers was constantly under duress. No matter what down it was, if he was dropping back to pass, he was having to worry about the pass rush on every single drop back. And he dropped back 33 times tonight. And I can say for sure Jimmy Garoppolo was not dealing with that on his 20 dropbacks. And he had a 145.8 passer rating. Um, I don't think he played that well when just watching the game. But looking back, I think – it makes a lot of sense because he did just enough, I think. He hit George Kittle on that big play. They had another that 61-yard drive, um, I think, early in the third quarter. Maybe it was late in the second that they hit. And those were the big plays that helped him, I think. It's just – it was really a frustrating game, and – the only bright spot that I saw on the whole team was um, just that pass rush that got home a few times at the very least. <laughs> yeah, and then the f- other frustrating part is obviously we mentioned our offensive line struggles already, but thinking about like the offensive line, you want to try and help Alex light out obviously so they send over usually running back to kind of help him against Bosa okay well now you can't get your running backs involved in the game granted if you look at the box score Jamal Williams had seven catches most of them were little dump off screens and didn't really amount to much and then Aaron Jones was only targeted once no catches so there's there's a there's a fine line between I think we now have to think about like how big of an issue is this offensive line going to be when we go against some of these other studly defensive lines thinking forward future to the playoffs. Like if we have to meet the Niners again, I don't feel confident about that. Going against the Saints front line, I don't feel confident about that either. And 
I think really the only solution is you just have to run the ball more, like get the get the offensive line going downhill rather than retreating. I do you have any other I, solutions about that? I think running the ball is going to be important. Um, the biggest thing. The biggest team, I think, is the 49ers with their pass rush. The Saints are going to be good, but I don't think they're nearly as good as the San Francisco's front line. So this is the team that concerns me the most. But if they're able to create a few lanes for Aaron Jones early in this game, I think this game is a lot different. Because if Aaron Jones breaks, even if they're 10, 15-yard runs, and he breaks two, three, four of them early in this game – even if they're still down 10 nothing, that changes the game immensely. That really makes the defensive line have to kind of wait. They can't just go um, and get the quarterback. They have to wait because basically, especially later on in the game, I kind of noticed it was run on first down, pass, pass, punt. That's how the game went, essentially, for the Packers' offense. And if that's the case, that is way too easy to figure out as a defensive line. So then you play the run on first down. You stop them for two to three yards, maybe four yards. Then they're going to pass twice, so you just go get the quarterback. And with this defensive line, it's going to be easy to do that because they are immensely talented. And so I I just feel like they need to stick with it more. And LaFleur said as much to Michelle Tafoya at the halftime saying that they need to continue to run the ball and that he felt like he got away from it too fast in the Chargers game. But his definition of running the ball, and this is seems like it's been happening all year, is he runs it on first down and then gives the ball to Aaron. I think there needs to be some more times where they're just giving the ball to Aaron Jones and just letting him go. Like, give it to him two times. And... If you're at third and one, give it to him a third time or play action off of it. I just feel like there needs to be more consistency, but not consistency like we're only going to run on first down and then run on fourth and run right into the back of our center. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. It's I don't know. what's Maybe if the Packers are playing at home here, we had a lot of home games early in the season, but thinking when you think field conditions that tends to make you run the ball a little bit more but all these teams that we're kind of talking about eh, they, they got some pretty nice weather or a dome so <laughs> that won't be much of a factor uh there were a couple big plays i think the packers missed out on today you think like that jimmy graham non-catch that i'm trying to remember who nbc's rules expert is but he actually thought it was a catch and should have been a fumble um, which I'm still not exactly sure about. But then there was that big bomb to MVS that, I don't know, was it just, was it Rodgers overthrown too much or was it just lack of awareness? I don't really know. I thought it was going to be a touchdown, that, but it wasn't. <laughs> that was complete lack of awareness. Rodgers finally got MVS the ball he needed, and it like let him in stride. I just think if Rodgers would have thrown it half step earlier, it would have been a touchdown. But also MVS has to realize where he is on the field because he just kept running like he still had another five yards of end zone left, which he didn't get a single foot down. 
in the end or in the field of play on that play. So he's got to be aware of where he is, just kind of stop his feet and let his hands go to the ball. Um, like, like I said, just complete lack of awareness there. I think Rogers had a good ball. It probably would have been helpful to let it go a little sooner. And then maybe, maybe that's a touchdown. Um, but that Jimmy Graham play after they said it, when they, when it first happened, I was like, not entirely convinced that it was incomplete, but Lafleur didn't challenge it, so I didn't think much of it. And then when he said that, I thought it made sense because he did have three feet down. Now he's kind of like falling backwards, but the guy made it seem like it would have been considered three steps on replay, and then he hits the ground, his knee hits the ground, then the ball pops out. So we would have had the ball where he caught it. Um, So that play was, was kind of big, and... I don't know. I don't think it would have changed the outcome of the game. I mean, we lost by, what, 30 points, 29 points? I mean, that wasn't going to change the outcome of the game, but that was a big kind of momentum thing if Jimmy would have been able to catch that football. Um, I I don't know, Tyler. Do we have anything else that we need to talk about? The Packers actually won the time of possession battle, which is kind of weird. <laughs> They they won thirty five to twenty four, well base yeah basically thirty five to twenty five, um, in time of possession. So that they won in something. <laughs> oh, that's that's sad. If those that's what we're reaching for in victories now is oh time of possession. Um, gosh, no, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot. This game was is super frustrating. I guess the only the only bright spot is you just forget about this tragedy on the West Coast and think about the next two very easy games we have coming up <laughs> and then with a string of division games to end the year. So um all very winnable games and that, that Vikings game will probably have a lot of NFC North implications, but you got to keep everyone healthy and uh, not fall in these trap games before we get there. Yeah, I agree. You got to win the next two for sure. Um, and the Packers should do that. I mean, they have just not shown up twice this year. Both happen to be in California. And hopefully, 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 that is the last one we see this year. Um, of just not showing up because I think that's, again, what it was. I don't think the 49ers are 29 points better than the Green Bay Packers. I just think the Packers didn't show up. Um, but, the again, the 49ers, just because they won this game doesn't necessarily mean that we couldn't beat them out in terms of seeding in the playoffs because they have a gauntlet coming up like we talked about in the pre- in the preview podcast. Um, and really the Vikings don't have an easy schedule coming up either. They have the Seahawks next Monday night. Um, then they have the lions, then they have the chargers, which that'll be an interesting game. And that chargers game is in Los Angeles. Um, and then they have the Packers and bears both at home to end it. So, I don't think it's particularly hard schedule for them, but I don't think it's necessarily easy as well because the Bears probably won't be playing for anything. The Lions won't be playing for anything. But also, 
division rivals they could be playing to ruin your season. Um, so that's something to kind of keep an eye on. But I do think the Seahawks and the Chargers are not easy games for them. And especially the Seahawks, when they have to go to Seattle, that's going to be a tough one for them to win. So hopefully that puts the Packers back in the driver's seat. And as basically as long as the Packers beat the Vikings at in Minnesota, they should be all right in terms of the, the division. Um, but you got to go and win the other four games because the other four games should be wins for you. You got you got two two and nine teams, I believe, coming in, and then you got the Bears at five and six, and the Lions are three seven and one, I think. So you got to go and win those games. Um, and like I said in the preview, you got to win one of 49ers and Vikings. And they look terrible in this game, so now they got to go win in Minnesota. You had to win one of those games, in my opinion. So that's what they got to go and do. Um, and hopefully our next podcast is a little bit more upbeat. Hopefully we get Scott back for that one. Um, but like we talked about, this was just a terrible game, and hopefully they bounce back big time and route their next two games and make us feel a little bit better as Packer fans. But until then, make sure you guys are checking out the Brewers Trilogy podcast, the Bucks Trilogy podcast, because the Bucks are still playing extremely well. Um, we had some exciting stuff on the Brewers end as well with their new logo, and we actually had our first guest on that wasn't myself or Scott. We actually had someone that writes for the Brewers, and it was a super fun conversation, and he made me a much smarter brewer fan so if you're a fan of the brewers make sure you go and check out that podcast that dropped last friday but until we are previewing the next game go pack go go pack